house is in Dalesford, so it's a lovely rural area. And on our fence line, we had this beautiful old conifer. It was about 100 years old, we think, just from the other trees on the property. And the neighbours uh, who share that fence line, one day just cut it down, uh, hauled all of the pieces away, and they didn't mention it to us beforehand. They didn't discuss anything. To me, it was just like an act of vandalism for them to cut this down uh, without any discussion, any consultation beforehand. That was Victoria Theberger, a Dalesford property owner who was involved in a dispute with her neighbour. She found there was no easy way to resolve the matter, or even to find out what the law says. Problems like these are surprisingly common. The Dispute Settlement Centre of Victoria receives thousands of queries a year about tree problems, and it's one of the reasons why the Victorian Law Reform Commission took on an inquiry into the law of neighbourhood tree disputes. Its report was launched late last year by the Attorney-General of Victoria, Jill Hennessy. Welcome to Old Law, New Law, a podcast by the Victorian Law Reform Commission. I'm Nick Gadd. And I'm Gemma Walsh. Today we're talking about the problems of neighbourhood tree disputes. VLRC's Community Law Reform Manager Natalie Lilford and Emma Cashin, who is the team leader of the Neighbourhood Tree Disputes Inquiry. So Emma, what is a neighbourhood tree dispute? They are very varied. Most are about overhanging branches, encroaching roots under fences and leaf litter, and that may lead to concerns like overflowing gutters, cracked pravers, broken fences. People were annoyed about having to prune back a neighbour's tree and not being able to get that neighbour then to contribute to the costs of that work. Disputes can also arise over serious concerns about large trees close to fences and the danger of um, limbs dropping on property or on people. Uh, others want action taken in relation to trees that might trigger allergy problems. There are disputes about tree works carried out without consent and they can sometimes involve trespass or poison. So there's extreme cases in the media of people coming home from a day out to find their tree chopped down and all the wood neatly stacked next to what used to be their tree in the backyard. As well as all these problem tree issues, as Victoria's story shows, disputes can also arise about um, overzealous of pruning of your trees by your neighbour. And some councils told us that they receive an equal number of inquiries from people concerned about the loss of neighbouring vegetation. So we've observed that the tree issues seem to affect a significant number of people in the community. They're common. And importantly, as our population gets bigger and our backyards shrink and our community places more emphasis on the environment and the urban forest, we think that perhaps these disputes might, might increase as well into the future. So we think it's a good time now to look at this issue and for reform. So this was a community law reform project. Um, that's a project that the Commission chooses for itself, not one that the Attorney-General gives to the Commission. Natalie, can you explain how community law reform projects are chosen and why did the VLRC take on this one? Yeah, absolutely. So as you've said, these are different from the projects that are given to us by the Attorney. We have a power under our Act to self-select um, and we've got some criteria for choosing those projects that the Commission has agreed on. Um, generally speaking, the community projects, we call them CLR projects, are uh, smaller in scope and size than projects that come from the attorney. Um, and some of the things that we look at when we're deciding on our next project are, uh, so the scope, how complex the area of law is and whether the changes that might result from a project are relatively small and contained. 
um, how much community consultation will be needed. Um, then we look at things like the likely public benefit, how involved the community might be in the project, um, the prospects of success um, of a change that we might recommend. And for this trees project, I mean, as Emma just said, there's so many aspects of it that impact the everyday life um, of people in the community. And we really heard that from multiple sources, from professionals, arborists, from the Dispute Settlement Centre of Victoria. And it might seem like a minor issue, uh, but as we'll discuss, I'm sure these can escalate really fast and they can impact anybody in the community. So it seemed like a really appropriate project, uh, relatively small, but something that can affect anyone. And I remember when we were doing it, you'd say, you know, people would say, oh, what's VLRC doing at the moment? You'd mention neighbourhood tree disputes and everyone had a story. What did some of our stakeholders tell you about the problems that they face? People talked about the fact that these disputes can be really draining and exhausting, I suppose, um, being in conflict with a person who lives so close to you um, can have a significant impact on your home and on your life. Um, you're reminded of the dispute when you pull into the driveway or you're using your space or you're in your garden. And anyone who's been involved in a tree dispute will probably tell you that they are hard to resolve. And one of those reasons is the emotional element. People can be very attached to the trees or to mm. their neighbours' trees. Um, Just to their garden and their sense of place and their home. Yeah, and they don't like to be challenged about what they're doing with their own property. property. So they get, yeah. get concerned about that. Absolutely. And uh, I suppose the main thing that our recommendations have tried to address that there's no clear dispute resolution pathway. There is information out there and there are laws that apply but it's not necessarily a clear path um, and people don't necessarily have the tools to work together to resolve disputes. So if my neighbour's tree was, in my opinion, posing a threat to my property, maybe I thought it was going to fall down and my neighbour disagreed or didn't want to engage with me about the problem, what really can I do about it? Well, at the moment, it's a bit limited, which is why we've looked at it. Um, so the law is not in a single act at the moment. You have to piece together different options from different sources and you have to look at legal principles that come from a number of different sources as well. So that's is it the same across all councils or is it? And it's different. So councils themselves have their own laws. Some councils will have local laws that might protect a tree. Um, they Some local laws protect trees that are significant so they're big old trees or also protect trees that have well-established canopies so if you're living in a leafy suburb for example there is a high chance that some of the trees in your suburb that might be causing problems are protected by local mm. laws so that further complicates things and confuses people as well I think so what you can do first you try and resolve it with your neighbor which is the first step and obviously the common sense step that might not always be a good thing. If you have a hostile neighbour, for example, that's not going to work. <laughs> and it's also difficult because the law isn't clear, it's difficult to point to something to show your neighbour to motivate them to discuss the issue mm. with you. So often we, we're hearing that concerns are just simply ignored. Well, you know, do what you like about it. I'm, I'm not interested. Yes, yeah, so there's nothing you can do, so I'm not You can go it. to court. I'll get to that in a minute. Mm. But that's a big step okay and so in between that you could make an insurance claim if damage actually occurred from that tree that you were talking about Gemma um, you can exercise your legal right to cut back branches of an overhanging tree to your fence line and that's called abatement um, and it's a very old law and it currently also says that you must then return those branches that you pruned back to your neighbour you have to chuck them back over the fence legally yes but what we're hearing <laughs> Um, obviously is that can further inflame disputes. It's quite yeah. an aggressive thing to do. Really. It is, well yeah. it is and no one likes 
vegetation unceremoniously dumped back over the fence, yeah. you know, and that's yeah. very... And most people in, in reality wouldn't do that. They'd, mm. they'd think, they'd discuss it with their neighbour and they'd work out a solution. Mm. But technically the law says, under abatement, you have to give those branches back. Um, you can contact the Dispute Settlement Centre of Victoria, which is what Nat mentioned earlier, and they have uh, free information service and free mediation services. So if you can get your neighbour to come mm. along to DSCV with you, you can get and sit in a room and talk with a mediator and try and resolve your problem. Um, and if all that fails, as I said before, your only option is to go off to court. Mm. And our research suggests that few matters are actually taken to court at the moment. And that's probably because court action is very expensive and it can take a really long time. Did you also speak to arborists? We did. Well, I mean, and I learnt a lot from the arborists <laughs> we spoke to. Um, Largely that they're a very passionate group of people um, and one of the things that I learnt that arborists are not just there to prune or trim or cut down trees but they're also a lot of them very skilled in managing the health and sort of longevity of trees um, and one of the main messages I suppose that they gave to us is that people have very different expectations um, around living with trees, what one person is able to tolerate or really enjoy. So they might appreciate a neighbour's tree for the shade or the yeah. diversity or the birds and all of those things. Um, or another neighbour might feel as though it's a, um, an unjustified risk that branches might drop into their garden or leaf litter might fall into their pool. So people's um, preferences are very different and that can underlie some disputes and people's perceptions of what is risky and what isn't um, are also very different so a lot of the skilled arborists that we spoke to saw themselves as having an educative role um, to explain those things to people. We heard also from arborists that people don't necessarily understand what they do um, and the different qualifications and that people also often ask for help when it's too late. Some arborists told us that they would uh, come in when disputes were in full flight sometimes and be asked to park around the corner or come over when the neighbour wasn't home and do the work in secret. Um, so they, uh, I think it's fair to say, received this project really positively because they can see the front line, I suppose, of when the disputes go really badly. Mm. I guess many people, if they, were if they were faced with a tree dispute, their first thought would be to go and ask the local council for help. Is that the right thing to do? One of the things we learned is that all of the different local government areas um, have different resources and different um, knowledge in this space. Obviously it's a very leafy area with big established trees. Some of those councils have specific laws and specific members of staff who are there to, to help people with that, but other council areas it's not the case. An important thing to remember though is that councils won't deal with disputes between residents on private land. That's not within the ambit of their role. So what has the VLRC recommended to try and fix this problem? Okay, so we are recommending a new dispute resolution pathway to be outlined in a new act, a dedicated act, which will be administered by the Victorian Civil and Administrative Tribunal. So the aim of this act is to address the shortcoming in the law at the moment, which is that, as I explained earlier, it's where the law, you have to piece together principles from different common law. So the, at the moment the law is based on torts law and it's about breaching a duty of care or trespass. And it's further complicated by planning laws, environmental laws, heritage laws, local council laws, 
that might protect significant trees. So we're saying get rid of all that and just get have one... Get rid of all that and have a dedicated clear act that mm. people can just go to that's easy to find and easy to use. And what would it be called? Uh, the Neighbourhood Tree Disputes Act, I think, is what we suggested, but mm -hmm. that's, that's, open to, yeah. that's open to government to come up with that's something, Jessica, if they, yeah. if they like. Yeah. Um, okay, so a first step in our new um, dispute resolution pathway is to encourage you to negotiate and work things out with your neighbour first. Okay, Now, that's the way most people try and resolve these disputes at the moment, and it makes sense, and it lets you come up with solutions that best suit the circumstances between you and your neighbour, it maximizes, maximizes your chances of keeping good relationships with your neighbor and it's cheap. Um, and to help you with informal negotiations, we've recommended a range of information be provided to the community. So a new website that sets out key information. Perhaps a sample letter that you can send to your neighbor that says, I've got this problem, I'd like it fixed in this way, can we, can we negotiate? How to hire an arborist and what they might be able to help with, their different qualification levels and perhaps some information to help the community better manage vegetation to prevent these disputes from arising in the first place. So information about planning guidelines for some suburban backyards. So, and that might be information which is really simple, like don't plant an oak tree on the fence line, or mm. don't plant a eucalypt that's going to end up massive on your fence line, those yeah. sorts of things. So all of those things we think, the Commission thinks, should improve your chances of resolving the dispute um, with your neighbour. If you can't resolve it, then you go off to VCAT. VCAT is the Civil and Administrative Tribunal in Victoria. You've recommended that VCAT should be the place where the neighbourhood tree disputes are resolved um, if you can't sort it out in other ways. Um, why VCAT? Nat? It's really about VCAT being a very accessible, less formal, flexible jurisdiction as opposed to going to the Supreme Court, which is um, the pathway that was available beforehand was currently available and we've recommended that that's too expensive, too complicated, you, you really do need a lawyer to navigate those processes. VCAT by contrast is designed for people to turn up um, and have a, a less formal discussion. So under the Commission's recommendations, if I go to VCAT with my neighbour to resolve a dispute, what kind of issues does the Commission recommend um, I will be able to um, sort out at VCAT? Um, the new Act envisages two key causes of action. The first one is that you'd be able to bring a claim to stop or remedy damage caused by a tree or damage to a neighbour's property or land that is likely to occur within the next 12 months. So it can be damage that has happened in the past or damage that is likely to happen in the next 12 months, damage is that right? That, yeah, that's right. Damage that's occurring now or damage that will occur in the future. So it might be a tree dropped on the shed, so it might be work to remedy the damage to the shed. Those sorts of things. Or if I think something is likely to happen, I could raise that yeah, as well. Yeah, that's right. If you're worried about a tree falling on your shed, you could bring an action in, in relation to that. The second um, type of claim is very similar and it relates to preventing um, harm to people. And will I be able to get compensation at VCAT? No, the Commission hasn't recommended a compensation scheme for personal injury. You'd have to go off to court to pursue that. Um, the, the Act instead focuses on the practical steps that you can take to address and prevent that harm from reoccurring. And how is VCAT going to make its decisions? Who will they talk to in order to decide um, who's right? Well, we've recommended a number of key uh, aspects to the VCAT process. The first is the use of expert evidence. So the obvious uh, experts there would be arborists, so incorporating ar arborist evidence in the, process, the VCAT process. Um, 
One of the other key steps is to have clear decision-making principles in the Act. They will guide the VCAT decision-maker and also the parties to the dispute about the way the decision-maker will balance competing interests and ensure that all the relevant information is considered by that decision-maker. Uh, what we're proposing is not out of step with what's happening in other jurisdictions. There are acts similar to this in, in other jurisdictions, particularly in New South Wales, in Queensland, a relatively new one new? in Tasmania. Yeah, but, um, but we obviously look very closely at what's happening in other jurisdictions mm. when we were designing a Victorian scheme. One of the important things to note is that the Commission was of the view that trees are a really important part of our everyday life and things that can be considered normal aspects of living around trees should not necessarily be actionable. So for example, just having leaves falling on your driveway is not necessarily something that should trigger um, all of the dispute resolution elements under the Act. There needs to be a certain level of um, tolerance and resilience around just normal things that can happen. Um, general annoyance or discomfort that isn't necessarily causing harm um, isn't an ordinary part of community life. The Victorian Law Reform Commission report on neighbourhood tree disputes was handed to the Attorney General, Jill Hennessy, last year. So what happens to it now, Emma? Well, our work is done now. The Commission's work is finished and it's for government to decide whether to implement our recommendations. And at the public launch of the report, the Attorney General did indicate support for introducing legislation. Um, so the content and timing of that legislation will be for the government to decide. So you'll have to watch this space. Watch this space. And so now that that's been handed to the Attorney-General, what's next for the community law reform team? Well, we're always open to hearing from people their suggestions for new topics for law reform. Um, and if you look on our website, you'll see that there's just an online web form where you can make suggestions. And that can really be anything that you've identified that impacts your life. Um, all suggestions are welcome. We hear from students, community groups, from lawyers, barristers, different organisations. And we've recently had the Commission approve our next project, which is looking at the question of whether people with hearing or visual impairments can serve as jurors on oh. Victorian juries. So at the moment they can't? At the moment there are a few laws that make it very difficult for people to serve in juries. I suppose one of the major things is that it, you're not allowed to have an extra person in the jury room. So someone mm -hmm. who, for example, needs an Auslan interpreter or a stenographer, um, at the moment would not be able to access that support okay. to become a juror. So we'll be looking at what the legal barriers are to that. If you want to know more about the law of neighbourhood tree disputes, please visit the Victorian Law Reform Commission website, where you'll find the complete report, along with a short summary version and other related documents. Join us again next time for Old Law, New Law. How, long must I wait? How far will I